0: Now, for something completely different, from east of the Rockies, here's Brian Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and people of all sexes, especially those of you mourning the last days of Windows 10, it's time once again to enjoy the intellectual verticue, a common side effect of the weekly podcast of the two and only, wherein our hosts pose and preen with pernicious postulation pertaining to popular, but not Unpalpable politicians' policies and political pollution permeating the dome of corruption covering the mephitic swamp known as Washington, D.C. You are not-so-humble guides. I, Brian Wilson, nationally ignored talk show host and occasional scribbler, am once again partnered with notorious best-selling author, journalist, and the New York Post's secret weapon, Named winner of this year's Follicle Shrubbery of the Year Award presented by the National Facial Landscaping Association, the beard man of the Lower Appalachian Trail, James Bovard.
1: Well, that's uh, it's always great to hear the latest beard joke. You know, it's just you know, you're know you almost uh, spurring me to repent. Uh, but, um, that
0: ain't gonna happen. I saw your trophy. It looks like a miniature weed eater.
1: That's pretty cool. Well, oh, it's uh, trust me, it's the only weed eater I have, you know. But uh, I, I have to. Um, I was sitting here, and I was listening to your your um, opening spill, and it brought back memories of Spiro Agnew. I was, I was waiting for you to throw in the phrase "nattering nabobs of negativism," yeah. uh, since you were on such a
0: roll with the alliteration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, alliteration is a. Uh, is a little hobby of mine uh, since I've been called illiterate so many times. I thought I'd actually really get into it as much as possible. But, but that nattering Nabob thing, you know, I've, I don't know. I've always been allergic to using other people's material, especially when, in his case. <laughs> but uh, but that was a great time. I remember him saying that. I think that was pretty good. It sent me right over to the dictionary to look all that up. But uh, Yeah, it's the most famous speech ever made in Iowa. <laughs> That I do not doubt. Um, hey, speaking of famous, James, I, it looks uh, to me, the, with my untrained eye, as if uh, you raised some uh, serious dust with your article last week about Biden's mortgage equity scam. Uh, it's uh, there was a you blew the cover off of that. What eight days ago in the Post? We talked about it here. You were up on ABC, WABC, W M A L. That's two stations I worked for. And they uh, and the next thing you know, all the cable news and money shows are all over it. Uh, I guess that. That may have blown your chances for a, a White House white-tied dinner invite. But um, one of the things that, that, that keeps coming back here uh, that I'm reading on, you know, on Facebook and other places, isn't there something that can be done about that? Is the, does the king just get to jump into things like mortgage processing and applications and so on and slap a little percentage here and punish a little percentage there? Isn't anybody, isn't anybody going to do something to help these people? Yeah, well, it sounds like
1: some House Republican uh, chairmen are jumping on this issue, uh, turning up the heat and demanding uh, documents and papers, and they're uh, trying to find a way that they can block it. Uh, It might get blocked first by the uh, housing market. I don't know with the way things are uh, trending downwards. I was reading yesterday, there's been like a 20 or 30 percent increase in foreclosures over the last year. And those are, I assume, hitting... Some of the home buyers with lesser credit ratings are the same kind of people that Biden policymakers want to help put into a hand the keys to the house. So um, you know, I you know, we're getting closer to a replay of 2008 with the housing market plunging and the federal government, you
0: know, um, basically handing people free tickets to the Titanic, and they're lined up to take them too, I guess. It always seems to me when it is, uh, it's that old expression, you know, those who don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. And you say, well, that's fine, but you were talking about the Peloponnesian Wars. I mean, not too many people around are going to be remembering that. But the debacle back in the in the 00s uh, on subprime loans and the resulting uh, mortgage collapses and upside-down equity positions and all the rest. I mean, that uh, some people are still wearing Band-Aids from that. It's really kind of strange that, uh, that they would go forward with something like this that's ultimately— and I think accurately, predictable to have the same ending.
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, as far as people um, wearing Band-Aids, there was a, a larger loss of homes. Uh, ho- more homeowners lost their homes in and th- and that crash than they did during the Great Depression. Uh, and home values have bounced back in most areas since then, b- bounced back partially at least, but th- that doesn't do any good if you lost your home when the uh, market crashed. And thanks in part to the government Pushing all these subprime mortgages, which, you know, is simply a recipe for ruin. And, you know, there was plenty of evidence before 2008 to show that. But it didn't matter because politicians want to pretend to be saviors. Yeah,
0: well, it wasn't just housing, you know, that crashed and burned. All the people who lost their houses, their credit rating crashed and burned. And if they were just a, a year or two or three out of that and went in to apply for another just, you know, vanilla thirty-year 30-year 30 loan with 20% down... Uh, a lot of people were getting the uh, hairy eyeball over that uh, or at least getting penalized by higher interest rates because they had uh, scurvy credit.
1: yeah, and uh, a huge part of the problem and the uh, most recent push for um, to broaden home ownership, shall we say, is mm-hmm. that the feds are encouraging or uh, subsidizing uh, mortgages with very little or zero down payment and and th- this was a path to ruin in the early Os and It's especially treacherous when you've got housing uh, values shaky or falling because if you get into a house with uh, no down payment, then, um, you know, six weeks later, you could be underwater. And if you didn't put anything down, then it's a lot easier to walk away and leave a house that's abandoned in a neighborhood, which pulls down all the other homeowners who um, very often work very hard and save in order to buy that house.
0: Yeah, there's no upside uh, to any of that that I know of, and I wonder, not being in the real estate business uh, anymore, although I I owned a real estate agency along with a few other businesses 100 years ago, I wonder how uh, realtors... Are dealing with the demographic changes uh, from New York to Florida, from California to Texas, from Jackson to Mobile, wherever the, you know wherever um, wherever these people are moving, you know, out of the Northeast and Northwest, West Coast rather, you know, down to uh, down to the South, down to the states that have no income tax, lower sales tax, lower property uh, costs, and all the rest. How is that when you and then you add in this little pearl? How is that going to affect those uh, those markets? Uh, for the people who either go in and buy, like in the South, or the people that are selling up there uh, in uh, in the Northwest corner or in the Midwest up around Chicago, things along that order. It just sounds like it could even be messier and even more destructive than the uh, OOs. Well, this is
1: one more federal wrench thrown into the housing market. And the uh, federal policymakers simply don't care about the uh, markets. Uh, the mortgage markets... Um, aside from government intervention, have developed a lot of ways to assess risk and creditworthiness, things like that. But the feds are basically saying that they don't like the the measures of creditworthiness because the wrong people um, win. So, I mean, folks who save money and pay their bills and uh, politicians can't get votes from uh, giving handouts to folks that that don't need them. So there is a profound bias in how the politicians look at markets, and um, you know, the politicians don't, uh, don't pay for the market collapse because you had a lot of members of Congress who helped spur that in the
0: O's, and uh, none of them lost a single paycheck. Yeah, like when did they ever? But, uh, you know, that's that's another thing, I, just as a quick sidebar, maybe, um, maybe you, know, you know some sources, but I've often wondered exactly how the credit reporting agencies, uh, the three of them, I believe, or four, how exactly they go about determining your credit score. And they they say, oh, well, it's uh, how well you you pay your bills, uh, you can't pay your bills on time, you know, and outstanding loans, income. And some of that makes uh, an awful lot of sense. But then if you look into it, you'll say, well, we we lowered your credit score because you have too many credit cards. All right. Well, if I've got five credit cards and only one has got a thirty-day balance on it, what what possible problem could that be? Well, you have the opportunity with that many open accounts to go out and spend yourself into bankruptcy. Why would I do that? That would that would that doesn't make any sense. You know, the uh, if I've got a bank account and I've got other things you put on your credit rating, your credit application to show that you are in, uh, in good standing financially. But you pull these things out of nowhere. Even if you, uh, I've even heard. Well, uh, we lowered your rating because you uh, you closed too many too many credit card uh, accounts. Oh, wait a minute! I get penalized if I have too many. I get penalized if I if I close them down and now I don't have enough in your estimation. What's what's the magic number? Well, they don't have a number for that. You know, and so do you share or you, I'm just very skeptical. I've ever it all just seems very eye of new wing of bat. Say a few words, tap on the side of the cauldron and somebody comes up with something and they get paid for that.
1: Uh, maybe so. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I looked closely at um, how those credit uh, ratings were compiled. Um, my impression is is that they do pay attention to uh, you know bankruptcies and defaults and uh, bills that aren't paying stuff like that. I mean, it's certainly not perfect, um, but but I don't trust uh, you know the Federal Housing um, Finance Agency or, or even the Federal Reserve to come in to um, to intervene and make it uh, either more transparent or more reasonable. So. Uh, because those are not the things that tend to drive federal intervention, especially in the housing market.
0: Well, and as you've said repeatedly, the idea that Using Reagan's old line, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. So the government's going to step in and and help uh, clarify credit reports. Uh, No, I don't think so. But uh, speaking of stepping in, another area, if we could go back to civics class, probably the three that I skipped. There's something in the news right now that I don't, I really haven't been able to dope out. Apparently, not apparently, in fact, the Senate is holding uh, oversight meetings on the Supreme Court's ethics, now, despite the, just the sheer uh, irony of the Senate, uh, or the House for that matter, having hearings on ethics, I mean, that's pretty wild all by itself. But I thought, see, that we had this, this really swell government, that you know, separate and equal branches, legislative, executive, and judicial. Separate but equal. So how does the Senate subpoena the chief justice— OK, he ignored it, said no thanks, but nevertheless, to come in and explain to them about Supreme Court ethics or that uh, any of those senators, especially the Democrats that are up there, uh, saying how they, they, they want the Supreme Court to buff up their their ethics uh, standards. And so how, how, does, how does that work? I, that just seems something that has absolutely no uh, jurisdiction from one to the other. I, I just um, I'm baffled.
1: Yeah, well, that's something which is covered by the 29th Amendment, which entitles the Senate to hold hearings on anything that would get good television ratings.
0: Hold on a second. I got a copy of my Constitution right here. I'm going back to the 29th Amendment, which sounds a little bit fishy, but I'll, uh, I'll check it out anyway, just because I want to do my diligence. And I uh, say, uh, uh, ah! Okay, well, apparently my copy of the Constitution isn't old enough to include the, uh, the 29th amendment, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, I guess that was it. that was it I, I, I forgot about college and that was a very important uh, debate they had back when whenever but uh, <clears throat> nevertheless, I just uh, that would just kind of you know hit me up alongside my punkin head and I think, well if I can't find the answer to that I'll I'll ask the authority, James Bovard, and he'll, uh, he'll help uh, out. Good
1: luck in finding an authority. Now, this is something I've not followed closely. It sound like that the that the allegations against Gorsuch are completely BS. Um, I haven't looked that much at some of the other cases. I mean, I've been chasing other rabbits. What can I say?
0: Yeah, I saw the Gorsuch piece, and it started out with Thomas. And, of course, if the roles were reversed, then the, the immediate scream would be, this is all racist. But... He was uh, uh, charged with taking trips, lavish trips, and all the rest of his business with this guy who's been his friend since forever. And it just so happens, the guy's worth a jillion dollars, and he thinks uh, he, th- he thinks Clarence Thomas is a, is a hell of a nice guy. So friends to friends, you know, he'll pick up the bar tab and do this that other thing. It's, a, it's it's with a lot more zeros behind it, but uh, there he hasn't had any cases come before the Supreme Court. He, the friend, uh, as far as nor has Thomas ruled on anything that he would benefit by. So I, I, it all seems to be you know remarkably uh, hypocritical. And why should we be surprised? Because it's Washington and it's Democrats and all the rest of it. So I, I get that, but it's uh, and the. Gorsuch thing, um, to me the Democrats in their conduct at uh, at, at the confirmation hearings uh, have been so atrocious that saying anything about ethics or or anything is is just you know beyond the pale. But I guess they're not embarrassed, so whatever. <laughs>
1: Ah, this is how Washington works. Yeah. This is how Washington works, and and you know, saying that I don't want to uh, say that you know there's nothing to look at or that the that the Supreme Court justices should be above criticism, but if you look at how some of those confirmation hearings went, I mean, there was a long, dragged-out thing for um, for Kavanaugh from a woman who wasn't sure what year the abuse allegedly happened when she was a teenager, and. If someone can't tell you what year
0: it was, it's kind of like, you know, I have trouble with this allegation. Yeah, well, that same thing is, uh, yeah, the, the, you would think something as uh, personally offensive and traumatic as a rape. That might stick with you as far as daytime, hour, color of the sky, humidity, you know, all the rest of that is a long-lasting memory. I find it interesting, too, this woman who's suing, uh, suing um, uh, Tucker Carlson uh, for uh, sexual impropriety, uh, even though she never met him. Uh, was uh, was kind of kind of interesting in, in itself how that could uh, how that could possibly take place uh, even though uh, Juanita Broderick uh, came to the table with days and dates and times and so on and she was just blown off by Hillary and everybody else.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, it's a paradox how those standards work. So. Um yeah. So with the, that Tucker Carlson lawsuit, I read a little bit about that. I haven't followed it closely. Now the 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 woman admitted she never met Tucker Carlson, but right. is he is he still listed as one of the individuals she's suing, or she's suing Fox on this?
0: Well, I think she's suing. Uh, my understanding is she's suing him uh, individually, and then everybody else within a hundred yards of him, just you know, if they've got a nice wallet. You know, that's okay. it. But no one, no one who I, whose legal opinion I respect, you know, several people who write and so on, who've looked at the case, said this thing is, you know, it's a, it's a hairball. It's a airball. <laughs> well, maybe a hairball too, but it's an airball. There's, no, it's a nothing burger. It's, it's just, uh, it's more narcissism than, uh, than anything else. And, and she got herself on CNN for a nice big long interview and all the rest. Of, I don't know. She probably got her job application out there too. So I don't know. It was just more the uh, the hypocrisy and the cynicism and everything else that goes into that stew that uh, that hit that hit me. Um, oh, I suspect you share my joy and satisfaction. Speaking of hypocrisy, to learn our president is sending 1,500 troops to the border, armed with staplers and paper clips and laser printers, to stare down the immigrant hordes that to pounce on American real estate after the Title 42 expires in a few days. I. I can, uh, I can almost hear it from here, your chest swelling with pride once that news hit the silk that uh, the president was making that dramatic move.
1: Well, and, and um, I'm, I'm puzzled why he's doing that, because didn't the White House press secretary say that, that illegal immigration is down 90 percent? At least. Yeah, At so, least. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it will be interesting if, if Biden's people, if the Biden policymakers, Biden himself, Are ever forced to become uh, honest and uh, transparent about
0: what they've, their policy on the southwestern border yeah you know if it, it it' fascinates me that they say things like that. they do things like that and they do it, you know, staring right into the camera, staring right into Steve Ducey's eyes, staring right into you know whatever as as if this is real. you figure this the delusional level of the people that are out front in this administration. it just seems to be just seems remarkable. you're either left with everybody's just gone through uh, kind of a an instant quick lobotomy back in the garage or, Somebody's pulling the string somewhere else, and everybody else is kind of signed on as a bit part in the show. It's, it's really fascinating. Well, yeah,
1: I, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, the, the, a lot of the comments from the White House press secretary, I mean, this is someone who gets paid very well in order to make false statements. And so, I mean, and, and she's not the only one. There have been a lot of White House press secretaries that, that earn their pay by uh, shoveling one line of BS after another. And so, I mean, this is how Washington works. I mean, it's not a question of shame or, or whatever. I mean, uh, folks get paid well. Folks get uh, lots of honor and prestige from standing there and making false statements day after day. And if you think of how, you know, how the Biden team was received at the White House correspondence dinner on Saturday night, it's obvious that it's, uh, you know, that it's working
0: very well for the people who are telling the lies. Yeah, I agree. I, I watch those press briefings, and I, I, what I find what I find interesting too is the, you know, her answers are always loaded with all the buzzwords that the rest of the politicians are using, especially the MAGA Republicans and Congress, mustn't the And and yet, at the same token, when she gets a real a real hardball, you know, right you know right down over the plate, then she screams Hatch Act, or she just won't comment at all. And I just find the uh, the application of laws and principles and restrictions. Very very willy-nilly and capricious in, uh, in the way she does her job, but what the hell, I'm not in there. But um, one other thing, I, uh, I know you stayed at the Four Seasons Hotel in D.C. often, James, and I just checked a king-size bed for prom night this week is $1,590. So, with all those sneaky new congressional perks you just wrote about, that three hundred and thirty-seven dollars they can pocket, that really won't make much much of a dent. I just think it's kind of a tragedy to go out on a limb and embarrass yourself with that backroom paranoia, and then sit there and not be able to take advantage of all that Washington has to offer.
1: Well, yeah, there was the uh, the the House of Representatives did a uh, at the close of the um, last session of Congress did a uh, slippery deal where the where they changed the, um, the the House members book, and so now House members can automatically get can automatically get seventy nine dollars a day for meals in D.C. and two hundred fifty eight dollars a night for lodging expenses. And the thing it makes it really every now and then Congress does a good job of cutting back on paperwork, and this <laughs> and, and 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 this new policy does that because uh, House members. A congressman can get this reimbursement with no receipts. All they have to do is say, well, I was in Washington for like, um, you know, uh, I was in there for 30 days um, um, during the last two months. So therefore, I'm entitled to what would that be, 9000 something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's tax free. And it's tax free. So it's, uh, it, it's a heck of a deal because. The Constitution prohibits Congressmen from raising raising their pay or or their compensation. Um, there's it's the the uh, constitutional amendment says that cannot be done until after after the election of inner uh, representatives shall have intervened. So, in other words, there has to be an election between the time that Congress raises its pay and and when they start collecting the higher salary or the higher compensation. But what happened was that the Democrats in the House Administration Committee uh, rammed this through uh, um, last December, and it got rubber stamped by both parties in the House. And so uh, there was this new windfall, and uh, the um, House Democratic leader, uh, Jeffries, was asked about that last Friday at a press conference. And he says, "Uh, this is not higher pay. This is just reimbursement. (laughs) Well, you never got reimbursed for it before. (laughs) And you're getting $174,000 a year for a part-time job. I mean, the the house is only going to be in session 117 days this year. I mean, shit,
0: that's even less than I work. Well, but Jim, you know, they've got all their constituents back home that they have to take care of at town hall meetings and PTAs and Boy Scouts of America award dinners and so on. That's uh, that's all part of it. I mean, it's, it's not like they just go home and kick their feet up and count their reimbursement checks.
1: Uh no, lots of them go, uh, lots of them take off on foreign junkets that Junkers. you and I pay
0: for. You
1: bet. So I mean, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's very important to go and check the the uh, the
0: human rights situation in Monaco. So <laughs> well, uh, it was a Grover Norquist and uh, and now Rand Paul each put out one of those those pig book pork books. Uh, to see what the uh, legislators are are uh, squandering our money upon and uh, you know whether or not uh, uh, you know golden retrievers can smell a dog biscuit from a hundred yards and things like that it's you know only it's a good line five hundred thousand know, dollars or something like that but as you show on your uh, on your website the uh, the blog the uh, AOC and of course that's when I saw Nancy Pelosi on there we holding a sign saying we'll legislate for food I thought well maybe that was it she she's no longer speaker and they're giving her a lot the heat for those insider trading things so hey pick up a, yeah. a little $35,000 tidbit over here they may not be that may be like selling uh uh, uh, Fox News short, you know, or something prior to the uh, to the Tucker incident. But hey, thirty-five grand, I don't know, cover her ice cream for a couple of months anyway. I would think that would. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, so uh, i got to point out the, the, uh, that's the New York Post uh, illustration. It's got a picture of AOC and Jefferson Pelosi, and they're all they're each holding up a sign. We'll legislate for food. And uh, New York Post has some really excellent artists. And one of them made that uh, drawing. It was my idea for the drawing. But if I had done it, it would have looked like a nine-year-old playing with
0: Photoshop the first time. <laughs> well, I, I I totally agree with you. They've got the, the, uh, the artists and the photographers and the people who do the headlines of the New York Post. They oh, the should... headlines are a hoot. They uh. are a hoot. There should be a Pulitzer Prize for that. That is a uh, that is incredible creativity. But anyway, if you uh, if you don't subscribe to the New York Post, go to their website. You can go to jamesbovard.com and you'll see it. It's right there at the top. Uh, really spiffy spiffy people, along with some uh, remarkable comments from AOC about uh, Congress not taking care of uh, people who ah, get elected. Oh, and there's working. A,
1: yeah, yeah. There was a, there, there was a very nice line which you excerpted. I think on your Facebook uh, 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 reposting. Uh, of the piece, um, folks in Washington D.C. are having a pity
0: party. You aren't invited, but you're going to pay for it. Yep, well, that was one of the—that's uh, just one of the outstanding lines in the article. You will to go check it out, especially since you probably didn't know until right now that you just got screwed out of a little bit more of your tax dollars. But here we are. Speaking of money, I'm uh, 412 shoplifting days left until Christmas, and you're certainly. Not going to want to embarrass yourself when you show up with a gift wrap box of Dr. Scholl's corn plasters again at Grandma's house. So make sure to do the right thing, the smart thing, the cool thing. Bring along a case of raging bitch beer and a couple of entertaining and informative books like The Bush Betrayal by uh, old Jim Bovard here. For lighter and less intelligent reading, 50 stories from 50 years in the radio by Guess Who is not only soporific, but it's mind-numbing at the same time. These uh-huh. and other books uh, not yet banned are atrociously promoted, and readily available at our websites, jimbovar.com, BrianWilson.net. But you better hurry, because thanks to the Federal Reserve, the supply of printing ink is running low. Now, make sure uh, to like our Not For Something Completely Different page on Facebook. For some reason, that's important. Uh, you might find us on Twitter now and then. Sign up for the uh, free Substack subscription that I have called Brian Wilson Writes, and be thoroughly nagged nonstop every time we come up with some more questionable content here. On that note, the two and only is scheduled to be back next week unless Congress gets Jim's unlisted address. For the major market media star, Mr. Bovard, and with short-circuit technical advice from our botanically affluent four-wheel bus driver, Joe Ted, I shall remain Brian Wilson until Hunter Biden is arrested. That's the best of the worst we can do for right now. Talk to you next week. Pull the plug, Joe. <laughs>